Hi guys and welcome back to another episode with the Nursing Handover. You have your favourite girls, me, Jerry, and the lovely Diane and today we have another special guest with us who we have the lovely Aisha who's also come to talk to us about her redeployment story. But before we get into that, how have you two been? How's your week's been? I'll let the guests go first, oh, Aisha. It's not been too... Good, it's not been too bad, you know. Um, quite a slow start, like you know when it comes to Monday again you're kind of like, ugh, but yeah, Tell me about not been it. too bad. I'm glad. I would say, yeah, I agree. That Monday feeling, I feel like the weekend, though we're doing nothing, the weekend goes so quick. And yeah. then mm. you blink and you're like, it's still o'clock in the morning on a Monday and I should really be sleeping. And then the alarm goes off and you just lie there. Like, another <laughs> week, I have to brace myself. You yeah. know, I have to go again. Um, like, you yeah, wish you could, yeah. This is it. Like, I, I thought, how did the three days, not even three days, the two and a half days go so quickly? Where did you get the half from? Because by the time you finish Friday, you finish, it's already like seven. Facts. <laughs> it's it's <down> bed. <laughs> exactly. You might be able to watch a, watch EastEnders or a cheeky movie if you're lucky. Mate, the movie goes on and halfway you've slept. By the time you wake up, the TV's looking, watching you, or it's on standby. (laughs) (laughs) Or you've got a Netflix asking you, are you still still watching? (laughs) This is it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, what can we do? Until June 21st, this is our life. However, today Boris has just said what he said, and it's breaking my heart, that he might be slowing down the process. I hope, I hope I, I just hope it doesn't come to pass. This is the same man, yeah, that was like, if you've packed your bags, unpack them. So I'm, I'm not surprised it. by anything. This is it. Point. Mate, the, you thing think the thing about it is, he should never have said June 21st. Just say June. Exactly. It's not even June. like, don't forget, this is the guy that said we could, spend, we could celebrate Christmas with your families. <laughs> <laughs> He's not okay. You know, Brian Claire, he's not he's not normal. There's something very wrong in that brain of his. Him and Matt Hancock, I'd pretty Patel, I'd Rishi. As a All of them. Oh, that yeah. team is a mess. I want to tell you, this is a moment I wish we had Henry VIII in power because he would have beheaded all of them. Kappa, they would all have beheaded all of them. I'm not joking. Wow, yes. you took it, you took was, it back. Was ruthless. That was my guy. He didn't have time. Treason. He even said that was my guy. Yes. <laughs> Treason. You don't deliver. I cut you my off. Boy. And I literally cut you off, as in your head. And I'll put you on the spike so people can see the example. You mess me up, I mess you up. Don't Done. actually kill me. That's We're tired. But see, the boy. thing about Boris, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not condoning people breaking the rules. If you're listening, this is not what I'm saying. But a lot of people's lockdown is ending on June 21st by fire by force. So, Dan, a lot of people's lockdown has already ended. Period. People (laughs) saw small sun, they've been gathering in the park. This is it. They're out. he can't keep us locked at home forever. Whether he likes it or not, people are going to congregate where they want to. Right. Uh, As for Bojo. Hmm. Boy. Mm-hmm. No, no. You even I can't even believe. See, I'm already reading about other stuff. Don't tell me about that. I have to go and read about it now because it's not even that. We've, we've had other news from oh. yesterday and the weekend that has also come into play. Oh. But <laughs> there is a lot. Oh. A lot going on. When I tell you, if if you're listening and you're not from the UK, you know come what's on. been going on. You know you what must have heard by been. this. 
you must have heard of this by now. Yeah, we're this not going to tip it. We're not going to tip it right now on this on this episode. But <laughs> you just know the tea was cooked on the stove, on the kettle, on the floor. You know what? Well, apparently, mm-hmm. ITV gave us a chopped and screwed version. You know, of course. Wait, you I'm thought you're going to the real. The real interview is like three, three something hours long. That's what I heard Ours also. Was an hour and 15 minutes, including the ad, all the ads. Wait, so it really an hour and 15? Like an hour, 40, it no. was 45 minutes. Yeah, because it finished at like quarter to 11 and we still yeah. had five minutes to go. It was two hours long, the original interview. was two hours. Boy, oh, there's, I there's... it was a lot longer. Yeah. It was two hours and then they released extra, extra like clips, I think oh. today. In the morning, so and stuff like that. They should have hours. done everything in one go. I agree with you. I say it's ITV. But the thing is, you can't be tweeting too tough on the timeline about the Queen and all that stuff before you find people at your doorstep and they're telling you to go back home. So, <laughs> if they're gonna pay for my ticket, I will gladly go. <laughs> <laughs> me, I was liking. Tweet, I was liking tweets on the slide, but that was not the real me. I'm not. I'm not gonna come out here and start. You know. <laughs> tweeting a madness Mate. before they try throw me in a dungeon boy <laughs> if only if only but yes this has been a very wild weekend weekend and beginning of the week right it was supposed to be international women's day and that clearly got sidetracked <laughs> people didn't boy. care no one cared anymore all people wanted to see was this harry and megan interview but hey I don't really know what to, I have no words. It was what I, what for me, it was what I was expecting. Same. But I have, seeing it actually manifest and being said, it's just like, wow. Right? Wow. Like it confirmed everything you're speaking in your head. Yes. Like, hmm, mm. This is it. All, all, all I can say is that this decade, 2020 to 2030, <laughs> is going to be very interesting. Like the next 10 years, We've only been in this one for right. a year and a quarter. I already want to get out. Where's the ride? <laughs> I want to go back. And just see the madness that's happened between this is it. a year and a quarter. This Boy. is it. And we've been sat at home for most of it. This is what's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> but we've, we've all still found some way to cause madness, even though being at home. <laughs> this hmm. is it. This is boy, it. Oh boy. But, but. We haven't been sat at home. Obviously, we're nurses. Aisha's going to explain what she does. So like we said, this is the redeployment series. This is the last in our series. So Aisha, mm-hmm. our final lovely guest. So Aisha, if you can just go straight into it and tell us what, what your role is in, in healthcare. What do you do? And right. tell us about so, you. Thank you. So my name's Aisha. I'm 23. I live in the Midlands. So I'm not from London. <laughs> um, this is lovely. Yeah. I I work currently in East Midlands, so it's quite a trek like, from my house to work, but it's fine. Um, so I'm a final year PA student, so I'm currently on rotation, but the time that I was thrown into respiratory, which is like all the COVID stuff, was just a peak time to be thrown there, right? Oh, wow. So I'm staring at my timetable, like... Wait, wait, can you ask, what did you say your course me? was? Sorry, physician associate. Okay, cool. So... Uh, so we're like general health professionals so we're able to like see treat diagnose all that good stuff with patients the only thing we can't do is prescribe okay or refer for radiation so okay I don't know when whenever I talk to like other doctors or consultants they normally they consider me like I don't know 
like a foundation year two doctor, maybe something like, like an that. SHO. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff, like just without, without the prescription stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to um, like do top ups to do all of that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay. I want to do a prescribing course, then I can have full bounds and I can do what I want. Fair enough. I <laughs> yeah, hear that. Having to go chat to someone and be like, "Can you prescribe this paracetamol for me, please?" <laughs> um, yeah, so I do want to do a prescribing course, but not now. I listen. I'm tired of education. I just want to break for a bit. Then I'll, I'll I don't go blame back you. and do that at some point. I do not blame you. But yeah, so I've been on rotation for a while. Um, so I've done Amy, Obzengaini, uh, general surgery. So I was on pediatrics before I was thrown to like. Were you in I listen. I really want to work in pediatrics. I love pediatrics so much. And when you figure out how to pattern the parents, it's, it's bliss, it's fine. Honestly, it changes your life. Guys, any students listening, that's a key gem there. Learn right. to pattern the parents. Because <laughs> more time, the parent is more worried than the child. So if I'm yeah. talking to a child, I'm asking them questions or explaining stuff to me, they, they don't give a heck, they're playing, they, they're doing whatever. <laughs> they're, they're, they're distracted by something that's swinging from my neck, my torch. They don't care. Mm. It's the parent that's still on the bedside and they're, they're worried. So it's, it's as long as you you're able you like you have to figure out how to communicate with the parent and the child mm-hmm. at the same time mm-hmm. but um it's not been too bad but I really did love peas so when I found out cool they were they was like okay I started it's your time I know I felt like are you sure you want to go I was like you know what? I need to in it because otherwise I'm not I'm not gonna get the experience and is there gonna be another time where this is gonna be what it's like in a approach mm-hmm. probably not mm-hmm. yeah. so do you have so, a choice to go or you yeah to go? so they gave they gave me they, they were like we really think you should go but at the end of the day it's up to you we can put you somewhere else I was like let me go because I think there's people that have decided to opt out I'm thinking please let's be put on your big girl pants and you know yeah kudos to you because like you said you got a family we're never gonna see anything like this exactly this level and i guess it's a major respiratory condition problem mm-hmm. so yeah yeah and it's mad how many things tie into it and how many things like how it can make conditions worse and all these other stuff like i, I literally learned so much and i'm so happy that i decided to go um, but I was I was there for I was there for a while, but at the same time I I went is another doctor I was working with. She was really good at the same time, so I I was able to have like a face that I knew, so it it made it a lot better. And then they sent me away when the so I was I literally left I think last week. So they sent me away when COVID was getting a bit better. They didn't need as many staff members because there were days where there'd be like nine ten doctors on the ward, and like so there were lots of us. Um, normally when I don't know before that on a regular day you don't need like three four mm-hmm. so, so can I, may I just ask you were redeployed this time around like during this wave yeah or the last yeah, 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 yeah. So, so this one, one. okay mm-hmm. which was mad because obviously this wave has like kind of turned out to be a lot worse than the last one yeah um because my mum's my a nurse, so my mum was moved as well. So she worked in recovery, but she was moved to a COVID ward. So she was moved the first time. Mm. And yeah, and then she chose to work more hours to like help out and stuff. Wow. And then she was moved again. So once once it got better, we got to like September. So she was there for a good like six, I don't know how many months, from like mm. February up until it got better. So let's say like October maybe. Mm-hmm. Then she went back to recovery. And then it got worse again and she got, she got taken back. 
what was it um, like um like having a family member who works scary. in that setting because like for us it's us do you get what I yeah, mean exactly as not scary. having another family member or someone that you live with work in that environment so like my mum would leave early to go to work and she'd leave really early and then she'd come back and she'd have to go through like the back door and dump her clothes in the machine like she, obviously because she changes her clothes at work but it's the clothes that she's worn from the house to the hospital. Yeah. So she'd dump them in the laundry, then, like, run upstairs to shower before she'd come and speak to any of us. But even when we'd be in the house, like, she wouldn't want to be, like, too close to us just in case that she'd be, like, brought anything back. Like, she was really, really weary about stuff and yeah. being around the house, especially because my uncle Rod, he's still in school and stuff. So she was, like, mm. I-, I wasn't trying to give him something and then he's going to school and all this other stuff. Um, but it, it was, I mean, it was, it was weird. Like it was difficult. Um, cause like I'm seeing her, like she's working hard. Like she, she normally does like, you know, a few days a week and she's increasing and she's doing all these days and the hours are longer. And I'm thinking, hey, like this pandemic has really turned into something I never thought it would be. Mm. Mm. So when it became my turn and cause obviously I'm hearing stories from my mom. She's telling me how she had this patient or this patient was sick, or I had to do this, this, they had to do this to this patient, or this patient died. I'm thinking mad. But then when you mm. see it for yourself, it's a, it's like what I imagined wasn't what it was. Yeah. So I'm now there, live in the flesh, and I'm doing all this stuff, and it's like, huh? This, this is the pandemic that has been around, and what made what what like got to me is like okay cool like imagine you go to work and you're seeing all this stuff and you're seeing patients and patients are sick patients are dying this this that and then you go outside and people are doing parties honestly this is it me and diane talk about this all the time it's like my biggest bugbear yeah could see what i saw today i promise you'd even lock yourself in your bedroom like you you wouldn't want to go this is it people were sick this is it this is it. But then, do you know what makes me angry is why does someone have to go and see to believe? Exactly. Why, why do you need to go with your naked eye and watch people of any age, because we all know COVID doesn't discriminate, and right. watch them basically on life support or vulnerable and victims of this illness. But because you don't know anyone that's had it, and because mm-hmm. you don't think you're going to get it, you're immune, therefore you can party. It's, it's mad. It's mad. And it's, it's, it was like the young people. So if I'd see an older patient, someone in their 60s, 70s, 80s, right? So we do histories. We're asking them, okay, you know, have you been in contact with anyone that had COVID? They're like, no, I've been shielding in my house. So they haven't left the house. They haven't done anything. Oh, who do you live at home with? Oh, I live with my kids and my grandkids. Or like mm. they live with like a, a son or a daughter who also has like kids, right? Mm. So it's like, cool. So someone in that household has gone out whether it's someone that's gone to work, whether you've gone to a party, whether you've gone to meet your mates, you've gone to do, but this is a time where people are going to work. So someone's gone somewhere, caught COVID, brought it home to said grandparent who's been in the house and hasn't left. And now they're sick. So they're getting the worst of it. But young people think because they're young and bouncy and their immune system is 10 10, they're going to be fine. I listen, there was a patient I saw, I think he was 21. Wow. And he was suffering. Like mm-hmm. COVID had caught him and it was bad. His x-ray was terrible. He couldn't breathe without being on so much oxygen. Like, it was just a lot. And I was here thinking, this guy that's 21, that on a normal day, if I walk past him in the street, 
I think his standard fitting well. He wasn't overweight, anything. Like, he was, you know, a good weight for his, like, age and height. And he said he's normally quite active, like, a gym type. I was thinking, how did you get here? Exactly. So, honestly, like, young people can be affected just as much as old people. And it's the asymptomatic people that get it worse. So these people who think, ah, I've got COVID, but I feel fine. Or they could have had it, but they didn't know because they had no symptoms. So people can get something that we call long COVID. So Mm. they might have had it asymptomatic. They come in because they're like, I can't walk up the stairs without feeling like I'm going to, you know, like my chest is hurting or I'm getting breathless or I can't do this the same. We look at an x-ray and the x-ray looks as bad as someone who had all the symptoms thrown at them. Wow. Wow. And the after effects of that is terrible because it's like your, your lungs are just damaged and you're looking at yourself like, how did I get here when I had no symptoms? No, you know how and you got here. Worse, you were out here chilling in that party. Deep it, right? And if you have asthma, if you add asthma on top of it, <laughs> just ask for a new set of lungs because at this point, boy, at, at boy. this point, do you know what I mean? As in, where do you go from there? Like, like we can only do the best we can, and we can give oxygen and you know prophylactic treatment, and we can give you my steroids or whatever, or you know people get like people can have covid or people can have like covid with pneumonia people can have exacerbation of like asthma or COPD with covid like mm. these are spiritual conditions are just mixing and matching anyhow and people are just getting you know it's just mad and I think like I had a patient die on me one day and that was like raw because I had gone through this whole time and I'd, I'd never seen anyone like do you mean the Can't COVID time? or anything? Or just yeah, in, yeah, 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 yeah. As in for all of it, I'd oh, I'd wow. never had a patient down me. Oh wow! Okay. And I'd been I'd been I've been in any I've been surgery I've been everywhere like places that you think okay if something was to go wrong X Y Z could happen right? Mm-hmm. But I, I came to a spiritual and I was like okay it might happen because of you know we get COVID deaths and all these other mm-hmm. things so there's a chance but I was like hmm. I, I didn't think I'd see it, but see it as in, like, it's in front of me to see it. Like, he was sick for a long time. He had all these things wrong with him. He had, like, respiratory failure plus COVID. And he was, like, vomiting. So you can't oh, give someone, God. like, certain treatments, right? You can't give someone certain treatments if they're continuously vomiting. Mm. So we're trying to figure out the reason why he's vomiting, but then he doesn't speak English. So we wait for an interpreter oh, wow. on the phone. And the only person that speaks English is his granddaughter, who's like 11. But then we can't ask because you're a child. Like, what, yeah. what can you do? Do you know what I mean? What yeah. do you do in those, in those circumstances? We called the, the hotline people, the translation. They're like, cool, we're going to call you back at 2 o'clock. Eh? This guy died at 10, alive to at 2. 10 oh to 2. And I was just kind of here like, we were waiting for a translate. Like, you know, when you're, you're, you're there looking at the consultant and your other doctors and your nurses and the resource team and you're staring at them like, we literally were waiting for like uh, an interpreter so we can send it. Because like, we're figuring out, cool, we know what's wrong with him respiratory-wise. But the rest... But he's vomiting and we don't know why. Yeah. So wow. we're trying to organise scans and do this stuff, but we can't do it unless we have an interpreter on the phone to explain to the patient this is why we need to do this or how do you feel or this so it was so tough because he was such a lovely man like he was literally so kind and so nice but it was just like how do you come back from that 
Yeah. Because I think it's it's part of like the medical world anyway and like the healthcare world, you know, to see you see patients at their best and you see patients at their worst. But it's like yeah. how do you navigate your space when you see something that's just it's it's a lot. I think hard to comprehend. It's it's a lot to watch people die. So my background is NICU, neonatal intensive care. Right. So babies die. And mm. I think when I say that, people look at me a bit like, gosh, you really say it very like blunt. But babies are like adults, they die. Mm. Unfortunately, mm. they don't always live. And it is very hard to comprehend that we our job as healthcare professionals is to help people to make them better. Exactly. So when you don't do that, it's like a reverse of everything you've been taught. Yeah. And yeah. I can I can only imagine as your team standing there thinking it was 10 minutes for language line to call us back and he's dead. Like, you know, you're just kind of thinking, wow, you know, what has just, it's almost like um, how can I say, out of body experience. Yeah. You're watching all of yourselves and you're watching this guy and you're just thinking, we were literally waiting for this to help this guy. And, and you start to backtrack. And yeah. Think, oh, could I have done this? Could I have done that? You know, like we tried to cannulate and we couldn't cannulate him. So thinking if we were able to cannulate and give him antiemetics, would he have not vomited as much? Mm. So we're starting to think of all these things like. Well, and did you get like, a debrief? Yeah, which was tough. Because mm. we're all here, you know, we all have to like stay apart and be like, okay. How did we, um, like, how did we come to this? So, like, what was everyone's part and how we kind of got here? Because he was he was there earlier in the week, but then he was sent home because I think he was fine. He was brought back. Um, yeah, so that was quite tough. And then, like, because his family, you know, people's family aren't allowed in hospitals. Yeah. Um, so having to explain to them and then they don't speak English and there's that language barrier and then they're angry because mm, they're thinking mm. that we did something wrong it's like no and you go through that barrier as well and then it went to the the coroner I can't remember who yeah. Was that mm-hmm. yeah because like yeah. we we just didn't know why yeah yeah you know it wasn't the respiratory failure because we had that sorted out it wasn't you know the COVID because we had that sorted out mm. so whether he had an internal you know bleed or something like um so it was just like it's just an experience it's like one of those that's gonna you know it's like it's gonna stay, stay with you yeah definitely forever um but you know there are good times like you know when you just see patients who came in and they're terrible and then you see them you know a few weeks later and they're a lot better and able to even go home mm. and it's just that relief of like finally like another one treated another one we can get home safely and all this other stuff but it just becomes a revolving door of like one in, one out. Yeah. So when one's gone, someone else comes in because you know. Um, but yeah, like it was all right. Would you? I like. Oh, it was like if, God forbid, but if COVID, I don't know, ten point oh comes back, would you be yeah. willing to go back and 100%. work on? I like. I loved working there. I think the team was so lovely, which made it a lot better. Yeah. Um. But even I think the difference that that you're able to make in that like period of time, mm. I think is just so worth it. Mm. Like yeah, you you might lose a few, but the people that you're able to save and make better in that space, and how you treat them and how you interact with them, I think made it so worthwhile. Like I really really did enjoy it. I'm glad. Like I I 100 will go back. Yeah. 
Um, like I'm, I even I managed to do it without catching COVID because that was one thing. Because all the staff members were like, "You're gonna, you're gonna get it at some point." Because they, they, they got it and they were in and out, in and out. But I took a test like near the end because I was, you know, you're getting the sniffles and yeah, yeah, the same, and you're coughing a bit more than normal. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, my test came back negative. So I was like, thank God, because yeah, it was an experience and a half. Wow yeah um what I do want to ask is how has your mental health been I mean you've talked about seeing I guess your first patient die yeah and obviously going, you've 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 worked in so many different areas and obviously been in the COVID environment for quite a long period of time how was your mental health and were you supported if you did suffer it's it's been hard I think because uh it's like you're having to leave the house every day. So, so like, us for in healthcare, like, we know what outside feels like. Mm. So, you know what people are saying? Outside is open. Outside has been open. Yeah, this is it. Been outside. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, fair enough, you know, I can't go sit in a table at Nando's and I can't do this, but I've, I've been out. Like, I know what the streets look like. Um, But, yeah, like, it's, it's been like an up and down kind of thing. There are some times mm. where I go and it's like, again, and you're thinking oh, another day and I'm dragging myself to the hospital and it's like, oh, I've seen this or you've had a bad experience with a patient or this and that. And like, just things start to just pile on you on top mm. and it just gets worse and worse. And sometimes when you wake up, you're like, I don't want to go. Like, I just don't want to go to work today. Mm. Yeah. Because like, I don't know. It's like apprehensiveness. Oh, if I go, like, am I going to see this or am I going to see that? And sometimes it is hard because, like, you you really do want to do your job properly. Yes. But it's at the same time, sometimes your job is just so difficult. It's just like, it just takes a massive toll on you. Like, it's exhausting. Definitely. Like, I let you come home at the end of the day. All I want to do is shower. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to shower, mm-hmm. get in bed, wash my legs. I don't even know I want to go to bed yeah like yeah. I just feel like I'm I because I've just not been as sociable as I normally I'm like I normally like the type of person like I talk to my friends and I might FaceTime them I might call them you know send them a message like but I've just not been in the mood to interact with people like I get home mm. from work and I'm just mentally exhausted mm. do you also think that to, um, yeah do you also think that with like us well people like us that work in healthcare or have been working and have been mm. seeing the true effects of COVID, um, when you like look on Snapchat or on social media and you see people out and about, does that also make you feel like... Oh, it really, it really upsets me. Like, it really angers me. And especially if it's someone that I know and I mm. know on, like, a decent level. So, oh, okay. So, yeah, so I must have been... What was this? I must have been on Snapchat, right? And there's a person I know, and they're like, when I say there's a full-on house party, right? (laughs) I'm seeing, as in DJ in the corner, full-on house party, yeah? Light. And the living room is packed. And I'm seeing, like, the panoramic that's outside. (laughs) (laughs) It's even worse, because, you know, it's like a Friday, yeah? And you've just come back from work and you've seen some stuff that you would have wished anyone to see, right? Yeah. You've had to deal with a lot. Patients are sick, patients are complaining, right? On top of that, you've got a team that together, you've got to, you know, see and 
deal with all these patients in a day, patient numbers are increasing, then you've got a consultant on your back because you've not done this. And it's it's like, it's just draining. Then you come home and you see people that are like, who you think should know better. Yeah. Yeah. And it upsets me because I'm like, if one, if you guys knew what like we kind of deal with mm. or what we have to see, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. And secondly, you are going to go home to your parents. And if your parents get sick and God forbid one of them goes the other way, exactly. on, mm. on a rule, you're only going to have yourself to blame because you went to that party. Mm. And, but, and it's like, you can't, ex- like, you know when you, like, you just can't explain something to someone or you just can't be bothered to argue with someone because you're like... You're tired. One, exactly. Yeah. It's not my job to tell you that in a global pandemic, when the government has said, they, okay, fine, if the government doesn't give the best rules, but when the rules are just kind of like, don't be having massive gatherings and don't be doing this and you're mixing 50 households and you're doing the most, that's not an invitation to then go do what you want because mm. you and your household, you think you're fine or you think I'm not going to get it. I'm going to be all right. Yeah. Like, are you actually being serious? It's disrespectful. I think you can't call yourself my friend and you know where I work. You know what I yeah. see. And right. you're checking in on me. Are you good, Aisha? Are you all right? Like, how are you doing? But then two twos now, you're slapping you and your friend in the party drinking the syrup. Correct. Are you alright? Yep. Like yeah, it's not your, your. As in, like we're back in 2019. This like, is it. The is world it? isn't the same, yeah. And I think it's not going to be, which is a bit, you know, sad that even post-pandemic, like it's not going to be the same. No, like, it's not going to. We gonna. want to, as we like to be like, oh my god, our side's open, the clubs are going to be open. You're going to be so paranoid about who's standing around you, which we really don't realize, right? It's true. So. Mm. Imagine we're now and the pandemic is still ongoing and people are doing the most. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, it, it just frustrates me so much because even even when like I wasn't even you know in COVID with my mum was right, mm. and I'd be like, and I see my friends, and I'm like, what? Oh no! Is that it's like disrespect? It's like they're actually disrespecting us, like beyond my mother, like. You don't, why, why, why is it so hard for you to think? We're all suffering. You're not isolated, you're suffering. We're all experiencing the same thing. Right. So mm-hmm. therefore we must be in the same exact yeah. boat. Yeah. And it just makes control. me think, yeah, that we're never coming out of this. No. Because if we're, if, if we're mid pandemic and it's party after party, party after party, then you have the audacity to come on Twitter, but like the numbers are going up and we're never seeing the streets, we're never going outside, but. How have you contributed to that? Mm. Like, what have you been doing? Mm-hmm. Because I've been, you know, I've been doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I've been, you know, staying at home when I can, you know, have good work, whatever, whatever, whatever. But you've been out as if there's nothing going on outside. And then you're Definitely. coming to complain that this pandemic is not ending and you're exactly. tired and you're this. But everyone's going, everyone's going through the same thing. It's not just you just locked outside, just locked inside, sorry, and everyone's outside living life, enjoying doing party party. No, we're all in the same boat. This is it. And I and it's I think it's just a lack of like care and respect for anyone else's feelings. Because mm. like you said earlier, like people only care when someone they know gets affected by COVID. And unfortunately, even then or if like they die. 
Yeah. You have to improve, like, oh my God, this pandemic is real, guys. Like, it's, re- it's been real. What? Exactly. Do you think it's worse when you see, like, your own friends within the healthcare field doing doing that? See, that's mad because it, I just think you should know better. What? Boy. <laughs> you boy, cannot me, enter your me, wood. Let me just look out. Face shields and aprons, yeah? But you think it's okay to gather at Stacey's house on a Saturday and you're doing kumbaya. And this man is here, <laughs> you've come from a hospital and you don't know what you're bringing home. Mm-hmm. Or you don't know what you you can shower, but we don't even know that the shower that we're taking is getting rid of what we're bringing back from the hospital. This but is it. This is anyway, it. Because that shower water is not clean, no wipes. So, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> As much detail as I can put in my shower gel, it's not going it. to get rid of everything, okay? We, we can bath the bath that we think is going to be sufficient, but we don't know. So imagine you've, you've come from, like, a Friday night, yeah? Imagine you've come from, like, a Friday night, right? You did a quick shower. Quick! Quick, so there's no detail. You haven't done a proper scrub down. You put, as in, you put on your, your dress and you've gone to Stacey's house. Now all of you are in trouble. And then this will be the same group of people that will be out again Saturday nights. And then you went to the hospital back, on a Monday. Back, back and you're wondering back, why back the patients back. in your ward are getting sicker and sicker. Honestly. Boy. I mean, like, common sense in a pandemic is actually free of charge. It's actually free. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone needs to be applying basic common sense here. But common sense is not common. We've, got, we've learned that one. It's not. No, it's not common at all because to me common sense would, would prevail that if I'm gonna break the rules, I'm not gonna record myself doing it. <laughs> like well, if you're doing it, I'm not, I'm not find, finding ways for people to break the rules, but if you're doing it, just don't show it or don't post yeah. it. I'm gonna Why are you advertising it? it. So you're throwing a party, you've made a post, you put a personal stuff on Instagram. Strike one, okay? You've now gone <laughs> to the party and you're snapping everything. Every you're even snapping everyone, right? This is it. So even people who decided to be smart and not snap themselves are in the back doing gun fingers at the back of your snap. <laughs> so we've all of you, we've all caught you like this. So I just personally don't know how you can bounce back from it and go back to work. Oh yeah, what did you do over the weekend? Um, I, I stayed home with with, with my family. You stayed home. Mm-hmm. Now, nah, healthcare people, I honestly think they should know better because that's madness. Yeah. Madness. And I can't lie to you. you... Like, to me, this is going to sound awful, but I think if you're a healthcare professional and you're caught in a party like that, you should be disciplined. Because... Sorry. Straight. Do you know what I mean? Because the problem is, this is what people need to understand. If you're listening, you're not a healthcare professional. It's a job, but in society, you are seen as that job. You're not seen as yeah. Aisha, as Geraldine, as Diane. You're seen mm. as the nurse, the physician's associate, the, the mm. neonatal mm. nurse, the safeguarding nurse. You are an identity in yourself. People right. will respect you. If you're on a plane and you say, I'm a PA, you're going to be called up to the front. Not Aisha, the PA come to the front. Right, exactly. The nurse comes to the front. So this, yes, we look the way we look, but we're seen as a type of person. You represent mm. your work. No matter where you go, you can't even really switch off. You're always that professional, no mm-hmm. matter what. So you exactly. can't to be out here turning up in the middle of ghost town no one's right. turning you up think you are turning up how because you've taken off your scrub you've taken off your nursing uniform you've taken off your this 
you're a different lady. It's not like switching wigs, please. Cut. Like, we just need to. <laughs> no, see, the switching wigs. Day, no identity. For me, the switching wigs is, are those wigs being washed before you switch it to go and wear one to the house party or to wear it to work? <laughs> No, but it's, it's, a, it's a real thing. I don't wear wig. I don't wear wig to work, and I don't. I've stopped it. Listen, this pandemic, I was, I was so tired because I had a work wig, right? So the wig I'd wear to work, and I'd be like, "This is the one that ended on from school." So at least, yes. I don't wear anything else. But I was like, I got tired because washing, I washing. I'm going to... <laughs> Honestly, Sorry. it's now it's my natural hair because that one I can wash, I can maintain, and this is it exactly. And also, you can wear the shower cap. Well, I call what do they call it? Well, to me, it's the shower cap. No, those fake like ones that you're cap. putting on, like that's it. The theater caps. You can wear. We can wear that. If I've got a wig on or I have braids, I can't do that. Exactly, hundred percent. And that's exactly a good a good point. The same wig you wore in the woods. You're now wearing it to the house party out. over there. That's the one that you're flicking as you put on the filter on Snap. <laughs> <laughs> you're on Snap. The oh. Uber's like, the Uber's arrives. You're doing this. Woo! And you're snapping yourself into the Uber. The cheek of it, even put the foot out, Naomi foot out on a chow. I'm telling you guys, like honestly, if you're not from the UK or if you're from the UK, it's it's shocking and it's kind of upsetting, especially when you follow the rules and people don't. Because the problem is as well, temptation sets in because now you want to break them. Now you're thinking, well, hold on, half of these people are having birthday parties. They're hiring out apartments. Yeah. They're living their best life, and it's me, the birthday party thing, yeah. The mate, the birthday party. Oh, is that deep? Everyone has turned the next age, and they're this is it. Party. Do you not think I missed my twenty third? What he was in the house? This is and it. Would, as a family, you know, we got nannies. I went to collect it, and we ate in the house. Thank you it, very much. That's it. The first outside I got was my back garden. This is it, and this is it. And if anything, your friends would Facetime you. Or drop Period. it to your door right. and stand at the end. I'm even ready to even turn 20 point out. Okay. <laughs> like, you will not <laughs> die a horrible death if you don't celebrate your birthday with a massive party. And you know the balloons, the two and the five. You, you know, you know people. You'll not die if, if you don't celebrate your birthday like that. And also, you can do it for the next one once we're set free. Thank you. And you can even make it massive. That's it. As big as you like. That is it. So for Costco cake would have done, but you're doing the most, boy. All for show for Insta, for Snapchat, for Facebook, for all the other TikTok, for all the other other social I, media. You know, I've noticed that as well, right? Since like TikTok and Instagram and stuff, it's like people like to do things to show that they're doing it. Mm. But they, they look matter when they're they doing it. Yeah. But it's like it, it doesn't it doesn't bang until it reaches five hundred likes. It didn't bang. If it, if not, I shall Period. delete it and re-upload it at a certain time. <laughs> Boy, I thought you were not mad. <laughs> People do it. People do it. You okay. see them post like, it at I nine a.m. Don't understand. It's you so, see them post. And, and, and the thing about it is it is like if we're if we're talking about it in the real context is. Covid, it has it has no creed. It's got no um, how can I say specification. It doesn't yep. target specific people. It doesn't say, well, you sat at home for three months and the one month you've turned up, well, I'll let you off. Or do you know what? Medium, easy, hard. I'm gonna give it to you hard. You're gonna have a bit medium. It doesn't do that. We don't even understand it. It's one of those things we're just trying to understand exactly. it as we go. 
Yeah. So why would you run the risk of trying to catch something that people don't actually know anything about? Mm-hmm. If you yeah, want, go mouth. and catch the flu. Yeah, go catch something that we have science behind that we know. Okay, cool. You've caught this. I can give you this. Finish. You you can take your antibiotics. Go get some tonsillitis or something minor that we can treat in two weeks. But this COVID that every two weeks they're saying, oh, there's a new variant. There's a new disease. This is the this scariest thing is mutating part. like no one's business. Is it's just thinking, okay, you think you've got me today? I'm going to change form and I'm going to come back. Like we actually don't know, and we don't know what it's doing. Like I was seeing some weird symptoms. Like I was in peas, right, and I saw COVID foot for the first time. Yes, there's something. Google it. COVID foot, yeah. It's like this blistering that happens on your feet after you get COVID. That wasn't in the instruction manual when people were talking about COVID in the beginning. It's so Please, true. People were just talking about lungs and flu-like symptoms and fever. Even remember, even losing taste and smell. That wasn't part of the original thing that we that we first. No, heard it wasn't. It was an, it was people an add-on. Right? People were talking about oh, I'm losing my my um sense of taste and smell. They added that onto the list. Oh, I feel like this. They added it to the list. Like we're literally learning as we go. And we're like treating things based on things that we've seen before, and it's kind of like it because that's the only thing we can do. Yeah, to actually have like a full on treatment. So people are just getting things that we don't know, but you want to risk it for the sake Honestly. of what? even even with like following on from what you were saying with Pete's COVID. If you do see do see children with COVID symptoms, they're very those COVID symptoms are very different. They come with like abdominal pain, like so. My background's from A and E. Um, however, what we were seeing was like, you'll see more children are coming in with like diabetic symptoms. And that's not, that's not on the, on the instruction manual, like you said, for COVID. Period. You'll be testing and testing and testing. They're negative, negative, negative. Then one day they're positive. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're seeing this trend. The, sim- the symptom, the signs and symptoms are changing daily. So mm-hmm. us mixing, you just have to, people need to be smart. That's what I need to say. You, people, don't get me wrong, we're tired. Smart. We are tired of lockdown and living like this, but unless we work collectively together and say, okay, we shall stay home for a set time, we will all stay home. No one will flout the laws. Mm-hmm. We're never, we're, we're never going to get out of this. We're not. No, but then people are doing like every man for themselves, and that's how we get end up, and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say that COVID is the new flu, as in. We're never. This is going to be something we have to live with because otherwise, we will never end. This will never. I stop. hear that. Do you know I what I mean? That. And I think, yeah. unfortunately, our NHS has suffered so much. We are victims of all these governments cutting and chopping and changing the services. And to be honest with you, being a first world, and I say first world in inverted commas, and the way we've suffered as a healthcare system is very embarrassing. Oh, that's what I think. <laughs> We should have been able Very. to cope with what happened. And big, the big hospitals that we have in the rest of the world. This is it. And we're on TV in the third world countries being shown as not coping. Can you imagine? But yet the they're UK, coping. The, the worst death tolls in the world. Right. Our mates in Africa, yeah? Our mates in Uganda. Our mates in South Africa. Our mates in Zim. Our mates in Nigeria. They're, they're coping. This is it. The facilities that we have in this UK, the access to technology, the access to all these these big things, and pandemic we cannot handle. This is it. 
this is it. So one thing I would ask you, Aisha, is what would you say if someone said to you, let's say, okay, like in a sentence, someone's your answer back in a sentence, um, Aisha, COVID is not real. Well, how would you respond to them? <laughs> that laugh says it all. That's there you what? go. <laughs> I just feel like I, I just I just want to know where you think these people are dying. Do you think people are being hooked off the street, stabbed in an alleyway, and left for dead? That's what I'm, I'm trying to understand. People, like people, all I'm saying is, yeah, if you can't go upstairs the same way you were able to go upstairs last year. <laughs> if you're walking to the kitchen and your chest is not feeling the same, like I wish, I wish you guys can see Asha's face because it's so funny. <laughs> the facial no, expressions I'm, are saying I'm it all. I'm just trying to, like, I'm just trying to understand how, like, okay, fair enough. In the beginning, you know, people were like, ah, like this COVID ain't gonna catch me. Like, you know how I was like, I was that too on Twitter, you making jokes, like, oh, it ain't gonna get us. Anyway, um, and then like the pandemic has like developed and evolved and even went and it came back and it came back mm, times a hundred right yes. they said you people think you can catch me now wait <laughs> and then they started to bring variants south africa brazil uk all these different variants are now popping up left right center it's like do you think that we're just here for bands it's like the people that don't want to wear a mask because they think you know or the, the mask has this and that and that's the government are trying to if they don't want to wear a mask safe. if they don't want to wear a mask and they not just wear them fabric face coverings they them alone i have a problem with but you know listen fab, fabric face coverings yeah <laughs> <laughs> what even like if i'm deep even in like a covid world yeah you know what you do with covid patients you have to put on the, the um, FFP3, like the white. Yeah. yeah. If I'm not allowed a surgical mask in a COVID ward, what makes you think you're okay with a fabric mask in Tesco? What are you, what exactly are you protecting yourself from? Like I'm trying to understand. You're saving the environment. Because, listen, <laughs> I'm so sorry, but can we put global warming on pause while we deal with the pandemic first? <laughs> <laughs> because... It's either the pandemic kills us or the globe decides to, but I think the pandemic is coming a little bit quicker. So <laughs> can we be doing surgical masks, surgical masks, and then the eco-friendly people can come back with, you know, we can come back with reusable stuff when things are slowed down, but in, the, in like the thick of the pandemic. You have to use a fabric you're, mask. You're getting something from Pretty Little Things. <laughs> like, so you can look stylish. We need to be a bit more serious. Please tell me you guys have seen that plastic mouth shield that girls are wearing to protect their lipstick because that's gonna protect you in a pandemic. Diane, you look traumatized. <laughs> I will find a picture and send it to you. I'm trying to it's understand like, yeah, how fashion supersedes your health. That's what I want to know too. We all look the same. We all look mad in masks, yeah? It's not just you. It's me as well. So you think you want to one-up and then you want to do the, the, the little thing that covers just your mask. It doesn't, doesn't even cover your nose piece up either. And I don't know what you think is trapping because you've got loose ends on either. Anyway. It's literally a square of, like, cellophane and a, hand, and, a, and, a, and a tie guard or something like that. That's it. That's gonna save you. Ridiculous. 
Okay. Boy. Boy. <laughs> Boy. All I can say is, all I can say, like, a PSA, the way I see it is, yeah, if you're not going to wear a mask correctly, maybe just don't wear one. And if you, you want to people, wear a mask, oh my just get the education on how to wear it. The people like, that cover the mouth and it's up to here and the whole nose is out, just take it off. That's it. Take it off. Because you've ruined it. You're, the droplets from your nose have already gone into the mask. It's not you know now. You're trying to avoid to breathe in. You're just taking a nose. This is it. This is it. Don't get me wrong. There are some people who have very big facial structures, and you can see they are struggling. <laughs> yeah. There's a few. There's a few. Let me. Let's not lie. No, but the yeah. ones that I you see you. that are literally just like, yeah, for the fun of it. Because I can't breathe with a face mask on. You tie it appropriately. We have in this last year alone, we have learned how to tie surgical masks to fit your face. Yeah. No, guys, I told you the common sense is not common. The math is not math. Like it just like if anything, COVID has exposed COVID has exposed that we the human race. Yeah, there's a lot to learn. Don't forget this country. Please do not forget, guys. This country was the one teaching people how to wash their hands for twenty seconds with soap and water. This country, the first world country, from the UK. Mad on top of that, yeah. If they're telling us that on a regular basis you have to wash our hands, why are you people not doing that anyway? Ask me again. As in, people what that were you using to- when 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 I bought soap and it sold out. Now wow, yeah. like eh, like wow, it sold out. Soap sold out. So I'm thinking, what were you people using before? Like, you guys go to the bathroom and then you do water. Shoop, shoop. You <laughs> shake your hands and you step. And you, oh, you, know, you know the people that put soap for two seconds they put soap they do and then you know wash it off and, and because this is the only part of your hand that's okay that that needs cleaning not anywhere else just here or the people that don't wash hands before they eat before they do stuff in the kitchen and was also hand sanitizer a new thing no it's been here for years because I'm I'm struggling to understand were people not outside and like not sanitizing their hands properly. Like I'm honestly trying to understand. When I tell you, the game has changed. Like, what is life gonna be like post pandemic? I'm yet to see if it's what we're currently living in. God, God help us. And I just can't imagine like social anxiety and just things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. that people are going to now be experiencing. Because are like, you... you know, the whole two meter distance thing and things like that. Mm. Yeah. Are you guys feeling the type of way about possibly lockdown lifting and us returning back to somewhat? Yeah. Um, I'm conflicted because the way I see it is People have died a lot of COVID, but we've seen a lot of depression, a lot of suicide, domestic mm-hmm. violence has gone up. We've seen a lot of poverty. We've seen a lot of children suffering. Um, and we have kids as young as five saying they have anxiety now. You know? Yeah. So right. the, the, the long-term impact will not just be the virus. It's going to be the next generation. What are they going to be like? How are they going to cope with their emotional and mental health? And mm-hmm. the problem is, is we don't have the services to support them. That's cool. the scary part. Yeah. Like when I was in Peds, the number of children that I saw that had overdosed 
self-harm. And, you know, we are kids as young as like seven, eight, like they're young children because things are just getting too much. Mm-hmm. And like your heart bleeds for them because you're thinking, you're, you know, you're seven, you're eight, like, you know, you're, you're like, what is that? You're, you're primary school, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also, like, what you've, not, you know? you've not been out and seen the world exactly. And, this is you it. know, a pandemic has got to you and you don't know what's outside yet. Mm. And I just, like, it's just so heartbreaking because the kids are just so helpless. Like, they just don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. And like you said, like, I don't think we have the services and the capacity to be able to deal with it on such a large scale. Because I can only imagine, like, that mental health issues that people are going to have when we come out of lockdown. Yeah. You know, social anxiety and all these other things and you know now everyone's outside so people might be even feel pressure to be outside and mm. other thing because i just, i don't know how we're going to be able to handle that yeah for sure even and following I... gone no gone even following what you were saying earlier like about the june 21st everyone's going to be up in the clubs are people really going to be up in the clubs like as we as we know <laughs> it's not me. Clubs, are, clubs are predominantly they what they what they do is they purposely turn off the heat in so there's or turn off the air con so there's no fresh air going through so that it entices people to buy more drinks and stuff like that. that you can't do that now because then the whole That's place it. will have covid right you've got to have free flowing air like the, the thoughts of going to like those house parties and all sorts everyone been being stuck together like sardines that's that can't happen no more you think i want to go and be standing next to someone no, and live my life being a sardine in the club no. it's not gonna happen it's not the same Mm-mm. It won't be the same. Like, I'm not going to feel comfortable in a place where I'm just surrounded by people because I'm just going to be like, eh? And it's well, it's, it's, like, it's too soon. Yeah. Like, yeah, numbers are decreasing, but we learned the last time. What happened when our numbers decreased? Boris said, right God, enjoy. They gave us, eat us to help out. They told us to go. They told us to do this. You know, bars were open as long as, for the country, as long as they serve food. So clubs mm-hmm. started to serve food as long as they ended by curfew. So day parties became a thing and people were going out in masks and doing this, this, that. Then what happened straight after numbers came back up? So I think what I'm just weary of is, because is, now kids have only started to go back to school because we were seeing numbers when kids were locked in at home. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're going to be in a natural decline because kids There's are no looking super spreaders if we think about it, right? Yeah. So now we've kicked them out back to school. That's why Boris has now come back to say, actually, now we don't really know if June 21st is going to happen because, like, right? So, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, I just think it, it's a bit mad to say, yeah, June 21st, I'm going to open everything. Mm-hmm. It needs to but, be, like, a phased return. Like, if you've been off sick for a while and you've come back, it needs to be baby steps. But at the same time, if you don't do it now, when do you do it? And my issue is, and my, my big my big question is, the longer you lose it, what is going to be left of society? Facts. True. I hear you. Because I don't care about the economy. I will actually, I don't care. <laughs> but what I do care is about how, like, just that the health and well-being of, like, us as a nation. Mm-hmm. Because if we're seeing, you know, the honor numbers going down and less people are dying every day, less people are getting COVID. And I think the good thing about this cycle is that we have the vaccine, right? So that's a positive direction because last time we had nothing and we were, he was just like, we'd be free. Mm. 
so the vaccine is a bit of a savior but wasn't he saying that like people who aren't like the regular adults and stuff are going to be vaccinated in like august september yeah because they're opening not the world in june but then but then think about it the way i see it is you need to test the validity of the vaccine there is no point True. vaccinating all these people to sit at home because you're not going to test if it actually minimizes hospital admission if you're not going to test if people get the virus and they can manage their symptoms you're not even going to know this to me is not a real assessment of how well the vaccine has done yeah you've injected all these people fantastic but does it actually work time is going to tell you have to let us out we need to see yeah, yeah that's true um, yeah. yeah you know well, you, don't, you. you don't you don't pass a driving test not to not drive the car you want to drive the car yeah you know um no, so I, I, hope, I hope june is june whatever day number he wants to give us fine um and i just hope that healthcare is well equipped as much as they can mm-hmm. i guess in terms of the teams and whatnot because i'm thinking now and what we talk about it a lot with the other people who've been on the redeployment series, what is the future for healthcare? How is COVID going to change healthcare? I can't lie. For me, (laughs) COVID has changed healthcare. Also looking at what the current government is doing with our current pay. Like we have, not even just us, us, like us physically, but in the last year alone, we have done a lot for healthcare. Like we do every year, but you know, we've gone above and beyond. This is the first time any of us will ever, probably the first time and only time, any of us will ever see a pandemic in our whole lives. And you know, we're only what worth one percent. So you're gonna have a grand a grand amount of nurses and other healthcare professionals leaving, leaving the professions to either go and work in like private sectors or completely just go and do other stuff. Like I think there's some there's someone I follow on Instagram who left nursing to go and be a truck driver because they made more money in truck driving than being a nurse. I'm not surprised. Like you trained so long, you've done so much for what to turn in my badge and say I can't do it no more. Sayonara. Like I deep like imagine like you work your free clinical hours. You know you have to do this many hours to be able to pass your course and you have to do the most, and then you decide to get to the job and you know you finally find a job and you're thinking you're happy and then the pay you get for the work that you do mm-hmm. like it's i look happened. at a nurse's salary yeah because because my my salary for me my salary ain't too shabby you know like well like, we you know we we're here in our band seven like <laughs> band eight like, like we be doing what we need to be doing yeah but i just think yeah the work that i do and the, the things that i have to ask a nurse to do like do you know what i mean like you guys do a lot a lot like I don't think that wards, departments, anything will be able to function without nurses. Impossible. You, you guys do so much. And the pay that you receive is very, very, very embarrassing. Like, I don't understand. Because even, here's me thinking, yeah, that, okay, Boris, you know, he caught COVID. He don't and, care. You know, he, he had to go to hospital to get, here's me thinking, okay, he might come out a changed man and decide. Like, changed where? That guy. Have you not seen the crew that he's chilling with? One percent like this. And he came to defend it. I think that's so rude. And he had the nerve to do clap for the anything. Because we can pay. was the biggest waste of time I've ever heard. Put money in your in a pocket, yeah. Get get more sufficient PPE. Because let's face it, some of the PPE that we're being given is rubbish. Yeah. Mm. Let's let's be putting money 
into something that has literally saved this country because had the NHS have not been existent and people had to pay healthcare, we would be so <laughs> You think the death toll would not be like 10 times more than what it is today? Our hmm. death toll would be competing with America's. It'd be on that level. Period. But then don't forget, America's also a huge country. Like, Us, this little tiny dot. Tiny island like this. Sometimes I think free healthcare for what? Like, you know when you're just deeping? Like, mm. the government is not trying to fund us the way we need to be funded. Yeah. So mm-hmm. why is it, I did, why is it free? It's true. You've got a point there. And I think, I, I personally believe that when people are discharged, they should be told your care costs this much on your stay. They should Wait. be told how much the consultant costs, how much the needle costs, how much the bed costs every night, how much an x-ray costs, how much a blood test costs. Because maybe that way they'll appreciate the NHS. Maybe they'll appreciate you're very lucky to have a free service. And I'm not saying yeah. it's perfect because it's not. And we that work in the healthcare service, we know what it is. We're in it. But my guy mm-hmm. is free. You can wake I, up and be sick and just go. Free. I agree with you. You can call the ambulance and the ambulance will come for free. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because I remember... People in the US don't want to call the ambulance, no, because they're going to be charged money. This is it. Like, I remember when they, the year we qualified, I went to the States for my cousin's wedding and I got super sick. Ask me how much my my, my hospital bill was. How like much? eight grand. No, it was 55K in total. That was not including the doctor's fee. Pardon? That was, inc- that was only the bed stay. The how bed long stay, were you there for? I think I was admitted for like five days. The bed stay for five days, my medicine and nurse's care, 55k. I had I had insurance. This is another story for another time. Just guys, make sure when you travel, what? you travel with insurance. But 55k for five days. Yeah, we're complaining that we have free healthcare and things aren't being done fast enough. Like I said, that was not including That's doctor's nice. fees. That's nice. Now you see, this is why also I'm gonna throw a little spun in the works. I almost think. COVID has been a blessing because it's exposed how much NHS has suffered, how much we've had to work in such ridiculous conditions, unsafe conditions, the wrong equipment, out-of-date equipment, not enough bed space, not enough staff. You're running a ward with tired and burnt-out professionals who come and give 110%. And unfortunately, you know, will things change? Time will tell. You know, we've got these next decades to see what's going to happen because we are the we are the future of healthcare you know we are the ones that are going to trailblaze and hopefully make a difference but covid has exposed so much in society it's exposed so much in health and the real work starts now to me it fully starts now it definitely does i agree i have a question though for you aisha i just wanted to ask what made you choose the the physician's associate route because oh man not many people it's not i don't want to say it's not something people know no it's a a massive role in the u.s so pas are a huge thing in the usa so they're kind of like i think even more considered than doctors oh really so but it's like it's like kind of how like pharmacists came in the uk like see how like pharmacists wasn't like a thing Mm -hmm. then it became like a massive thing and then now pharmacists can do so much so it's kind of like that so um I was in my secondary, so I wanted to do medicine at A-level, mm. but my A-level grades, huh, they said no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, so I applied to do a course called clinical sciences, mm-hmm. and I had the, 
so basically that course was gave you the power to like transfer to the medicine course if you made the grade right mm-hmm. so I remember first year I was like 0.5% off making the grade I was like hi oh. so I was like cool graduate entry no problem it's fine you know um so but when I was in my second year uh we had like a careers module so just exploring different careers in healthcare because I think they knew a lot of people wanted to do medicine but they wanted us to explore roles that weren't the typical doctor dentistry you know mm-hmm. stuff so we had a physician associate come to speak to us and kind of tell us what they did um so it's kind of like yo this sounds like a lot of fun like this sounds like a bit of me like something that I really wanted to do um I got to third year now and I was kind of balanced in between do I want to apply to be a PA don't want to apply to do medicine again yeah I was like oh I want to forgive myself if I don't but I applied to myself but you know what why not you know yeah I got rejected by every uni I applied to so okay oh wow god is coming to tell me that this is not my path that's fine like I'm I'm a very strong believer in God has already you know planned my life for me I just need to find my purpose right Mm-hmm. so I was like cool so I did more research on the PA and what I watched YouTube videos I was googling stuff I did the most because I was like I just want to get as much knowledge as possible and you know I was watching people talk about their experiences firsthand I was reading information stuff on like you know job prospects and NHS jobs and just like reading like what they do and I was like okay I like the sound of this like okay pres- not being able to prescribe is not a problem because that's how prescribing courses exist yeah um so and it's less years in uni of going to med school and all this other stuff. So oh, big like, time. Sis, that's part of education. <laughs> this is for me, right? Mm-hmm. So I applied when I finished my third year. And I got an interview. And I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to my interview and I got my place the next day. I was like, okay, so mm-hmm. this is what God has Amazing. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... As we were learning the stuff in the course, I was like, I'm basically doing math what my friends at med school are doing, but on speed, because they gave me a year to learn it. Like, they said, this is your anatomy. We had four weeks to learn anatomy and physiology before we were done. They said, this is your this is your theory. The exam is this. Do it, right? So we have to go through everything. Cardiology, respiratory, you know, GI stuff. Uh, uh, I don't know, like, all the reproductive stuff. Then we had to go through, like, Obs and gynae and emergencies and pediatrics and go through all these conditions like we have a matrix which is like a book of all conditions you have to know when I I kid you not there's like 800 conditions on my list oh wow mm. my head breaks every time I look at it because I'm thinking this has to really be in my head like when will I um yeah and then I think when I started placement and doing all the stuff I was like yeah this is definitely a job to me because um, I think I have the freedom to like see patients and do stuff but then I'm also part of the team so like doctors kind of see me as one of them and we're able to like liaise and like and nursing staff like you know you're able like you just you're able like you just fit in nicely yeah you bridge the gap you bridge yeah. the gap between the medical and nursing you, you fit yeah. in right there you'd almost link them in exactly. a way like it's, it's like it's such a nice space to be in um so yeah it's been a journey so what made me want to do I think just what we have to do so I I get the patient contact which I've always wanted I get like the you know mind working stuff and figuring out what's wrong with the patient and coming up with differentials and treatment plans and stuff and I get to say okay with the treatment plan this patient requires this 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 
I just can't put it in med chart to give it to the patient. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I get to come up with patient plans, but I can also do like procedural stuff. So, you know, if I was an Ozangani, I could do like all speculums and what all that mm. stuff. Or I know, like, I can do blood, canyons. Like, I can literally do everything, everything. which is amazing. Yeah. That's great. So I think just the ability to be able to do everything that I've always wanted to do, but I didn't know that this existed. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, and it's just it's a fun it's a fun world, you know. And I get a nine to five life, like I don't have to be one of those twelve hours on course type people. Um, so I can work my hours on at the end of the day, chuck my deuces and go about my business because I can't, I can't lie though. Would you not prefer your twelve hour days so you know you've got more days in a week? I would. I would. You know, I would, but I think I would. I do want to be one of the CS that works long hours just so I can have, like, you know, mm. a, few, a few more days off in a week. Um, yeah. But it's like, it's not a must because I see doctors working like loads of days. Mm. Then my work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then my have like Thursday off, and then they're back that, Friday, Saturday. So I'm like, it's mine. Hey, for me. It's mine. So, yeah, it just kind of slots into my life a lot easier than maybe going to med school would have been. Cause yeah. Even like I see how doctors work now, and it's like okay, so even once you graduate as a doctor, your F one and your F two years, you're still doing teaching, you're still doing exams, you're still doing mm. this, and then you've got your exams if you want to be an FHO or a reg. Then you've got, and it's like, it's a lot. when will the life of education come and stop for you? Because I really don't want it like that. Yeah, <laughs> no. it's a lot. It's a lot. So how long is so, your training course? It's a two year master's. Okay, cool. So, where are so you? On top of my your... four year undergraduate, I'm, I'm final year. I'm nearly yeah. done. Oh, yes, yeah. So, I've got a few more months to go. Um, So, on top of like my four year undergrad and on top of GCSE and A level, I've been in, in education non stop, but I'm tired. So, I'm praying by the end of this that this is it. And I'm not. People need People to stop it. talking in my ear about, you know, PhD. I'm not trying to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm nearing the end, and I'm just so happy to like be here because like it just flew, and I think the pandemic kind of made it fly a bit more because I've been like busy doing stuff. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a good journey. Like it's not an easy two years; it's intense, it's tough. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot you need to know in such a short space of time because it's like teaching you the whole of like the medical course mm. in like a year or yeah, two. Yeah. So there's a lot to learn, um, but. 100% worth it like I, I wouldn't have picked I think anything else to do so I definitely recommend if anyone you know if that's what anyone's looking towards but I hope I sold it well enough but <laughs> well you sold it to me and I said to myself mm. I was not gonna go back to retrain to do anything else <laughs> no just no there are people on my course who, who have been nurses they've been nurses they had their kids like I want to do something different and they came back and they've done this and we're like we're in the same boat and they're, they're doing really well but they sometimes I feel like they do better than us because when it comes to clinical skills they, when they were teaching taking blood and kind of they knew what they were doing I was like which vein where <laughs> <laughs> and they have it on lock like I think a lot of the time because they've done a previous course it's in like the same kind of mm-hmm. industry and they you know they, they find it slightly better mm. so yeah definitely recommend oh, that's great it sounds great to be honest but no thank it you for really coming fun. on 
thank you for thank coming you on for me. and talking to us about your, re- your redeployment story life and everything everything in the above because it's been great yeah thank it's you. been amazing it's been so good been we're, I'm, I'm so happy. we're so happy you've come on so happy yeah I'm so but happy then... you guys asked me to be here <laughs> 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 but then I think a blessing, you know <laughs> <laughs> you find it everyone <laughs> But yeah, but no, I think this wraps up our redeployment series really greatly. I want to thank Aisha, Rob, and Famida for coming on and talking to us about our redeployment stories and all and all the other things added to it. Because yes, we work in healthcare, but like, but when that's not all we are, we do have lives. We are normal people, just like everyone else. And it's just nice to be able to relate and talk to people who have been in similar in similar boats to what we've all been in during mm. this difficult time but no thank you so so much do thank you have um any contact details that if people want to contact you they can do i got a lot <laughs> <laughs> so i do youtube um my youtube is everything aish so it's everything and then aish um Ooh, guys subscribe and subscribe from there thanks from there you can just kind of find like all my other social media on there like my instagram etc etc um i I also have a clothing line which is linked to my instagram called saya so it's ssaea.co on instagram wait where do you find the time Um, to do this if you said the course was very intense she's she's ugandan she's ugandan we find time what do you mean she's ugandan she will do it i don't even know she's ugandan ugandan That's your source, so you're going to... That's your source. I don't know, like, I have, like, the motivation and determination just to do so much. I'm provoked. So I'd, like, I'd wake up like, I'm going to do this. Like, so I'm going to make it happen. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that's me, I think. (laughs) I don't have anything else. No, that's fine. Thank you, guys. It's been fun. Thank you for coming on. And like we always share, guys, if you want to hit me and Diane up separately, to me, it's Jelly Bean with how have I forgotten my own my own Instagram name? Um, Jelly Bean with three L's and two A's, and Diane it's DD Lutz without the it's. And also, if you want to hit us up at the Nursing Handover podcast on Instagram and on Twitter at the underscore handover, feel free to like, share, subscribe, and tune in next week for another episode. So take care, guys. Until next week. Bye. Bye.